is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So welcome to the autumn term and to our new preaching series where, as Tim said earlier, we're going to look at Jubilee family values. Now, if you look up the word values uh, in the dictionary, as I have done this week, uh, you'll discover that the word values means principles or standards of behavior. Principles or standards. So what are some of the principles, if you like, of Jubilee. That's what we're going to be, be talking about in the, in the coming weeks. Now, I guess uh, many of you in the room will have had a situation where you've started a new job. You know, for the, you, you've walked into a, a new environment uh, for the first time. And I guess when you start a new job and you work for a new company or organization, you spend some time sussing it out, don't you? You, you spend some time working out the culture of the organization, how things work around here. You know, what's the dress code? How do you refer to colleagues, particularly senior colleagues? Well, now, what's the relationship like there? What happens at lunchtime? Do people all head out or do they sit at their desks? Or do they all have lunch together in the staff room or is it very disparate? You, know, you spend some time working out what happens. When 5 or 5.30 clocks round, or whatever the official end time might be for you, you know, what's the norm? What's the culture of the organization? And when, so when, you start, when, you, when you have a new job, when you start somewhere new, you spend a little bit of time working that out. And for those of you who have got responsibility for leadership or management in your organization or workplace, you might want to think about what are some of the cultures that you're setting often without even realizing it. And the culture's important. Behind culture, though, sits values. What are the values of the organization? So family values are a way of describing for us as a church, what are some of the values that are important to us? Now, your personal family has got values. We have values as a church, God's family is no different. So if you're new to Jubilee, or if you're looking in, or even if you've been around a while, I'm hoping that this series will help us to re-emphasize some things that are important to us that God has spoken to us about. So I get to kick it off today. I get to start things off. So where do you think, question time, you can answer this one, where do you think I might go? What might be my go-to passage for this? And it wasn't the one I chose in the Desert Island Delight series, just to give you a clue. We are going to Acts, where else? Chapter 2, very good. Okay, so grab a Bible, uh, either in the, uh, the printed version, like this, or, or on your electronic device. Head to Acts chapter 2, we're going to read some verses together, and then we're going to pray that God might make 15 minutes become 45 without you realising it. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, no, you're worried. Acts chapter 2. 
verse 42. They de- oh, I'll start again. Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to a fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for speaking to us already today. As we spend some moments in this passage, we pray that again you would speak to us from it. Father, for many of us, this will be a familiar passage. So I want to pray this morning that you would make it come alive in a new way. That you would speak to us afresh. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of you will know that I love Acts chapter 2. It's been foundational to us as a church right from the earliest days. And I love it because it gives us a snapshot of what the church was like. Now, we know that this church was not perfect. Even the early church as described in Acts chapter 2 was not perfect. We read that in some later chapters, some challenges they had, some things they had to work out. It wasn't all going in the way that we might hope it would do. Scripture records for us some of the challenges they faced. But like a good photo does, this snapshot in Acts chapter 2 brings out the best. And as the photo has been taken, click, We've got this snapshot of what it was like to be part of this church in Acts 2. And it describes what it was like to belong to this countercultural, radical group of people. And I find it so inspiring when I read about it, when I read it and think about it and pray about it. Because I think, gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful to be part of a church like that? Do you read it and think like that? Imagine for a moment what it would be like to be part of a church like the one we've just read the description of. Picture it in your mind. Conjure up some images of what it would be like to be part of that community. Everyone in this community, Scripture tells us, is devoted. They're all devoted to to the teaching that the apostles are are, are preaching. They're devoted to one another. They're devoted to worshipping and praying together. And obviously, they're devoted to God himself. They're they're devoted to him. They were glad to meet together, so much so, they met together every day. You couldn't stop them. They were together in heart and mind. They prayed together. They ate together. They shared life together. And when they realized that someone else in the community had a need that they could not meet, 
they took it upon themselves to meet that need. If necessary, by selling possessions that they had in order to raise the money to do so. Even it tells us selling property to meet one another's needs. We're told that they enjoyed God's favour, his blessing. And we know they were growing at an incredible rate. People were being saved and added every day. Everyone was filled with awe. Miracles were a regular occurrence. And Luke tells us a little bit later in the book of Acts that there was such a sense of awe around them that people didn't dare join them. And yet they did. Because on one hand, they were so, wow, God is so clearly at work. I almost like don't want to go near it. But because God is so clearly at work, I, I want to be part of that. And there was that sense going on in people's minds. More and more men and women believed. Many were healed. The sick came to them for healing. Imagine that. Cues to get into the church meeting were a bit like A&E. You got a whole bunch of sick people there waiting to get in because they knew that, hey, that there was a good chance that they would be healed as they were prayed for and God healed them. And wouldn't that be wonderful? Might be a bit messy, you know, your limb being dragged along behind and some blood splattering about, I don't know. But, you know, that's where people went. I'm sick, where should I go? I know, I go to church. I mean, how cool is that? The default is, I'm sick, where do I go? I, I, I go to the pharmacy, or I go to the GP, or I go to A&E. No, no, I'm sick, where do I go? I go to church. Wow. Wouldn't you, part, wouldn't you love to be part of a church like that? Where God is at work in that sort of way? There is so much we could pull out of this passage, so much we could have home in on. But just in this moment, keep the big picture in view. Think about, wow, what what would it be like to be part of that community? To be part of that church? Wouldn't you love to be part of a church like that? Wouldn't you love Jubilee to be a church like that? Wouldn't that be so good? Wouldn't that be amazing that we're not saying, hey, come on, guys, there's prayer meeting coming up this week. It'd be great if if some of us could be there to pray. No, it'd be like, don't all come. We can't get you in the room. Maybe some of you come next time because we can't actually fit you all in the room. And yeah, I know we're meeting in a massive, massive area, but, you know, please don't all come this time. Wouldn't it be so wonderful if you, know, you knew that this would be where you'd go because you would be cared for and helped and loved and discipled on your journey in loving Jesus? Are they the sort of things we should be going for, friends? And, and furthermore, wouldn't you love to invite your not-yet-Christian friends to a church like that? Imagine that. Imagine that. But in terms of the values that we're focusing on this morning, I guess there's two which are the fundamental ones that I just want to mention briefly, which are these. In this passage, if you boiled it down, I guess you'd boil it down to two things. They love God 
they loved one another. They loved God and they loved one another. Jesus, on one occasion in Matthew 22, he was asked a question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of them all? And he replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your minds. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Love one another. And the two are indeed connected because the loving one another comes out of loving God. You love God, you receive his love, he does such a work in you, you cannot but love one another. I don't think it was particularly they had to be told to. I think the transformation they had experienced, the, uh, what they had received from the Lord was so life-changing, they couldn't do anything but love one another. It was such a natural response. I've received so much from the Lord. Of course I want to meet my brother or sister's needs and show love and care to them. Jesus is basically saying there, love God with everything you've got. And then love those around you. See, it starts with worship. It starts with loving him. And if we get that right, that is a firm foundation to build everything else on. It's why we're talking about this one today. Everything else we'll talk about in future weeks comes off the back of this. This is, the, this is where it starts. Loving God. Why? Because he first loved you. So yeah, your worship, your love for him is in response to his love for you. His choosing of you. His making it possible for you to respond to his love. And as you do that, as you love him, as you worship him, that reorientates your heart towards him. Jesus knew that worship reorientates your soul, points it to Jesus. Jesus talked about loving God with all your heart. You know, it doesn't take much, I guess, to love someone, or even God himself, with some of your heart, a little bit. But to love him with everything you've got, I think that takes some doing. But as we do that, other things follow. So listen, let me ask you a question. How are you doing in loving God? It's a way of staying close to him. And as you stay close to him, you're able to follow him, follow his lead, know where he's going, hear his voice. That happens as you worship. And I'm not just talking about Sunday morning hour thing, I'm talking about everyday life. As you wash the dishes, take the kids to school, answer those emails, teach that class, sit in that meeting, Whatever it might be, wherever you might be, worship can come out of everything you are and everything you do. Let me ask you a question. Who in this room, you can put your hand up this one. It's an age question. Who in this room remembers life before satnavs? Who remembers life before even 
mobile phones. Some of you are thinking, what you mean? And there used to be a time when there wasn't sat-navs and mobile phones. Yes. And I remember what it was like. So when I learned to drive in my late teens and uh, had my first car, beautiful white Ford Sierra <laughs> with, with smoked rear lights at the back. Paid extra for them. You know, we used to go out as a group of friends, maybe go down to the beach. We were living in South London, so maybe we'd head down to Brighton for the day, something like that. You know, I had a map. You get this? You could go to a petrol station and buy a map printed. The AA roadmap of Great Britain. But if, listen, if we were going out as a group of friends, the person at the front might go, I know where we're going, follow me. And so the rest of us had to follow them. Friend number one had a Peugeot 205 GTI 1.9. It was quite fast. He was tough to keep up with. Friend number two had an Astra GTE. He could keep up most of the time. My Ford Sierra wasn't bad, but it struggled to keep up with those two. But when one of them says, I know where I'm going, stay close, what do you do? You want to know where you're going, you've got to stay close because you can't get on the phone going, which road did you take? Which turning did you make? You've got to be able to see them. And you can't go, oh, it doesn't matter, I'll just punch the details into my sat-nav. Those didn't exist. You had to stay close. You want to turn up in the same place? You need to stay close to the person setting the course. Do you see where I'm going with this? You stay close to Jesus by worshipping him. You get to hear his voice. You get to see where he's going. He will lead you. He will love you and show you how to respond, show you what you need to know. You've got to stay close. Loving God. And as I said already, all of life it can be worship. The way we respond in every situation can be part of our worship. Our corporate worship together, like in this environment, is key to that as well, I know. We haven't got time this morning to unpack what we want that to look like. We'll do that on another occasion, I'm sure. Let's just keep reminding ourselves we're worshipping God together. We're not coming to watch a band, good though they are. But together we're saying, let's worship God. Let's encourage one another. Every one of you can bring something part of that and be part of that wonderful to hear a couple of contributions uh, from different people this morning thank you so much for those of you who brought things they help us they help us to worship and actually friends even you being here even you being here and choosing like i'm going to worship even though it's tough right now you might think that's enough for me and yes it is that is your contribution to the whole. Choosing to worship, making that decision. I want to bless you for doing that if that's you this morning. So we need to stay close to him. We need to love him, we need to hear from him. Loving God is absolutely foundational to everything else. But as I said earlier, quickly on from there follows loving one another. And the two are intrinsically linked. One follows the other. And it comes out of not, not a command that says, I must love my brother or sister, so I guess I will. 
So much had the early church received from the Lord, so much were they, so close to the Him were they, the natural response was not only to love God, but to love one another. And I love the way that the, the word that the Greek New Testament uses, agape, Greeks had four words for love, we just get one. It's the same word, the way, it describes God's love for us using the same word, the way that we should love other people. You've received this love from the Lord, so therefore love in the same way. You've received this agape, love from God himself, so love one another in the same way. It's a spiritual, sacrificial, unconditional love. In the same way God has loved you, love one another. And I wonder this morning, how are we doing on that? How are we doing on that? How could perhaps we grow in that? How could our love for God, yes, and also our love for one another grow over this term? What, what would our response be? What for each of us might we say to that? In a moment, we're going to pray and ask God to, to speak to us. You know, you don't earn God's love. You, you, you can't. You can't buy it. You can only receive it as a gift by his grace. But as you receive it, the evidence of your encounter with him can indeed be seen. And that's the way that you love him and love one another. How will people know that you're my disciples, asked Jesus? Is it because you've got fab meetings and a great worship band? Is it that you've got a crowd coming and traffic chaos outside? Is it the noise you're making? No, no. It's the way you love one another. So critical we understand it. And as people look in, I wonder what it's like to be part of a church like this. All they see is love for God and love for one another. How will you know that? How people know that you're my disciples? By your love for one another. Really practical. It's really down to earth. It can be seen and it's visible. Of course, it doesn't stop there, but probably we need to for today. So next week, Naomi will be looking at another part of loving one another, which is belonging. So we'll unpack it a little bit more next Sunday. And in future weeks, we'll talk about loving and serving and reaching those who are currently far from God and how we're called to love, to serve, and indeed to reach them. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, we do thank you for this snapshot that we get in Acts 2 of what it was like to be part of the early church. And whilst we know that it wasn't perfect, we know that there was much that they'd, they'd got right, particularly in those early days. And so we pray this morning for ourselves that we would be a community of people who love you and love one another. And that, Lord, that will be visible and seen and evidenced and by that, Lord, others might see that, yeah, we're your disciples and we want to point people towards you. 
So we pray for Jubilee this morning that it would be a church like that. We pray for ourselves and our part in it that you would help us. Help us even this week to love you and to love one another. Lord, remind us of these things as we go about our daily lives and whatever it might be that we, that we do this week. Father, we pray that you would be right at the very centre of it and that you would be glorified through it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk.